Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday hump day. As always, so grateful for you guys. This is the go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, on Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, if you want to drop me a line, let me know what you're thinking. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right. Uh, later this week, we are going to have a very special guest with us. The extraordinary and legendary actor, Kelsey Grammer, will be here. I am so blessed to call him a friend. I got to know him a couple of years ago, and Kelsey is just brilliant and funny and kind and sensitive and wonderful, very, very thoughtful. He's a very thoughtful man, and he's going to be here to talk to us about his new movie called Jesus Revolution which I saw and absolutely loved. You have to see this film. And we're also going to talk to him about his personal journey through addiction to faith and beyond. And of course, we'll talk to him about his stellar career from Cheers to Frasier to Jesus Revolution and everything in between. So this is going to be an incredible and very special conversation with the one and only Kelsey Grammer. That's coming up here on Friday. Not to be missed. Tell all of your friends. Everybody should be listening to the Monica Crowley podcast because we bring you such a fantastic mix of stories. We bring you celebrities like Kelsey Grammer, but we also talk about the whole range of issues, everything that's going on in America and the world. Speaking of which... Today, uh, I want to cover a potpourri of news. I want to deal with uh, the latest on these bank collapses, what we know and what we should watch out for. We've got a lot of market volatility, the bank stocks today, 
not looking too good here. So uh, I want to do a deeper dive into this with a real expert, Ed Dowd, um, who has spent basically his entire life in big tech, but also high finance. He's going to join us to talk about the effects of what we're seeing and what to watch out for in the financial sector. Because guys, this is much bigger than just Silicon Valley Bank. All right. This is what we're seeing today in the stock market. This is some European banking contagion with Credit Suisse, which is not looking uh, particularly healthy right now. So you've got the European banking sector starting to falter a little bit. Um, and that tidal wave could envelop a lot more banks here and a lot more of the financial sector. And as we saw in 2008 and nine, if you have something that blows up in the financial sector, it can easily then spread like contagion to the rest of the economy. So guys, over the last three years, we've had an actual contagion, a viral contagion. And now we're seeing perhaps, maybe, we'll ask Ed Dowd about this, but maybe we're seeing a financial contagion too. None of this is by accident. This is all meant to advance the great reset. Just as they leveraged COVID to take your personal freedoms, they will leverage a financial crisis to take your economic freedoms. We are going to be all over this story over time. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg here, guys. So we're going to keep a close eye on this and tease it out over the next couple of days and weeks on this podcast. So you're not going to want to miss a second of it. But today, Ed Dowd is going to join us on this. And if his name sounds familiar, he was with us a couple of months ago with his new book called Cause Unknown about the excess deaths since the debut of the mRNA shots, about people dying from heart attacks, strokes, other cardiac events, all kinds of things. And he's going to be here also to update us on that. So you're not going to want to miss this. This is going to be just a blockbuster conversation with Ed. All right. So we've got a lot more that I want to deal with here. But first, the Monica memo. Are you ready for war with both Russia and China at the same time. Both fronts look increasingly hostile and could very well erupt into kinetic warfare. China, we know, is already engaged in what they termed, starting in the 1990s, unrestricted warfare with the United States and the West more broadly. What do they mean by unrestricted warfare? Well, exactly what it says. Warfare of all kinds in every direction in order to destroy the United States and the West and establish global dominance. In the 1990s, the PLA, People's Liberation Army, put out a document, again, once again, our enemies, never concealing what their actual objectives are. Throughout history, our enemies have always told us exactly who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. China is no exception. They put out this document, Unrestricted Warfare. You can go read it, go Google it, take a look. You should know what our enemies are all about because they tell you. Unrestricted warfare means economic, military, diplomatic, surveillance, and cultural warfare. 
We also know that they are preparing a hot war against Taiwan. They're watching what the Russians are doing in Ukraine very carefully, and they're learning real lessons there of what to do and what not to do. But make no mistake, China is preparing for a hot war, an invasion of Taiwan. Clearly preparing for that. Now we've got Russia. Obviously, we have a hot war going on between Russia and Ukraine because of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And the United States and the West deeply involved in that, supporting the Ukrainian effort. And there's all this controversy, and and rightfully so, about how deep we should be involved in this. I say not at all. This is an intra-Slav conflict. It's not our fight. Stay out. Not one more dime to this Ukrainian war effort until we have full accountability of every dime and bullet that's gone over there. We don't know. It's all being washed. This is all a money laundering and weapon laundering uh, situation going on. And by the way, there was a report earlier this week showing that American weapons being sent ostensibly to Ukraine and ostensibly the front lines to push the Russians out have been found in guess where? Iran. What have I been telling you guys? I have been saying here and on Bannon's war room, we have no idea where these weapons are going. And I I threw it out. I, I literally suggested, are they going to Iran? Are they going to ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas? We have no idea. Well, now we have a little bit of an idea because of this report saying some of these weapons are ending up in Iran, in our enemies' hands. This makes me so infuriated. I I literally want to pull my hair out. I won't because I like my hair and I take Nutrafol, (laughs) which helps to sponsor this program and we're so grateful. But I'm telling you, this has me crazy. The fact that we are paying for our own demise, we're the suckers, guys. Back to Russia and China. Okay, so on the one hand, we've got China, which is engaged in unrestricted warfare against us in every direction. And now we've got the Russians obviously bogged down in Ukraine. However, yesterday we had another major incident that could, any one of these incidents could easily escalate this situation. The State Department summoned Moscow's ambassador this week after a Russian fighter jet collided with an American Reaper drone over the Black Sea. And the Russians downed and destroyed this unmanned aerial vehicle. It's known as a UAV. Pentagon officials said the Russian fighters harassed the drone by dumping fuel on it and flying in front of it before one Russian Su-27 clipped the propeller of the drone, which, by the way, cost $32 million of your money forcing it down over the Black Sea in a total loss of the unmanned aircraft. So $32 million, boom, right down into the Black Sea because the Russians took it out. Was this an accident? Maybe. Who knows? Highly unlikely, okay? You had Russian fighter pilots up there doing what they do. Didn't you just see Top Gun Maverick? (laughs) or the original Top Gun, Russian fighter pilots know what they're doing, all right? So this is clearly intentional in my view. And here is the bigger point. 
American weakness is provocative. When the United States is considered weak or perceived as weak, either just perceived that way because of weak leadership like we have now, and or perceived as weak in real terms because of declining military spending, um, ancient nuclear forces that need to be modernized, whatever the perception is, whether it's in real terms or just the, the perception of where America is, our enemies take full advantage. And that is exactly what's going on right now. Why do you think Vladimir Putin went into Ukraine in the first place? He didn't do it when Trump was in office. Why do you think the Chinese are preparing for a hot war in Taiwan? They weren't really doing it when Trump was in office. Nobody lifted a hand against the United States when you have a strong American president like Trump. And yes, they probe and they test strong presidents too, like Trump got tested and, you know, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, they get tested. But when they're swatted down, they learn their lesson and they back off like any bully. But now we've got very sophisticated enemies like the Chinese. I mean, the Russians are more like blunt force. Chinese are far more sophisticated. And now the Russians are just basically downing our aircraft without a second thought. Eh, no biggie. They know they're not going to be, you know, any repercussions to them. Yeah, we're helping the Ukrainians. But I mean, the Russians, everybody, it's a free for all among our enemies and they also know that they've got a limited window of opportunity to act in their own interests against America's interests, against the interests of freedom, while this clown, this demented grandpa, is in the Oval Office. So, of course, they're going to take full advantage of this window of opportunity. If you're Putin or President Xi or the Iranian regime or a terrorist group, you'd be remiss if you didn't take full advantage of a weak American president. You'd not be doing your job as a leader of whatever entity you're leading, China, Russia, terrorist group. That would be dereliction of duty on their part. Tyrants are going to tyrant, and they're going to take full advantage when they know the United States is not going to push back. On top of this overt activity against the United States and our interests, you also now have Joe Biden's weakness driving our enemies into each other's arms, creating a brand new axis of evil. The Russians, the Chinese, and the Iranians, and you've got other nefarious actors that are uh, glomming onto this as barnacles, right? But those are the three major players Iran, Russia, and China creating this new triumvirate of evil, which is geopolitically and strategically very dangerous for the United States. And how do we break that apart? I mean, the next Republican president, assuming we get one ever, is going to have to come up with new and creative geopolitical strategies in order to do it. Not unlike Richard Nixon's opening to China in the early 1970s, driving more of a wedge between Moscow and Beijing. But that takes vision, that takes political strength, geopolitical strength, a strong America. We don't have that right now. Here is President Trump speaking the other day about this exact dynamic. The Biden administration has driven Russia 
right into the arms of China, something that is unacceptable. When you're a child studying history, the one thing you learn is you never want Russia and China to get together and form an alliance. Biden has done that. Yeah, so there he is talking about this is an alliance that we can't have. It's going to be very detrimental to the United States and Western interests, but it's happening. And in order to turn it around, I I don't know. I don't have any real solutions here, but it's going to take a lot of geopolitical and diplomatic and political strength and creativity in order to reverse what is happening now. Once our enemies are in bed with each other, it is very difficult to blow them back apart. All right, because they get more deeply entrenched militarily. You know, the Chinese are helping the Russians with, and the Iranians as well, with drones and military uh, equipment for their war in Ukraine. Once they're deeply in bed militarily, economically, politically, I mean, come on, it's going to be very difficult to reverse this. The damage of Joe Biden is so breathtaking and so dangerous that it's hard to even put words to. All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, more of our news potpourri. Uh, I do want to talk about the Treasury Department, my old stomping grounds, and the announcement that they made yesterday. Also, you guys, you're going to lose it when I tell you this story about how the Biden administration is not going to commit to bailing out Chinese investors. Oh, you're going to lose it. I'm telling you, this it just keeps getting worse every single day. We're coming right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier, too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Welcome back. Okay, my old stomping grounds, the U.S. Treasury Department. By the way, I loved going to work at Treasury every day. Even at the height of the pandemic, when it was seven days a week, 24 hours a day, trying to save the U.S. economy, um, that was an incredible adventure as well, being part of that unprecedented crisis. 
The Treasury Department is a gorgeous, stately building. My office was huge. It had a fireplace, and, and I was in an historic room in an historic building. So I was really blessed to have the chance to work in government at such a high level um, with a team you so believe in and a president you so believe in. It's just an incredible blessing. Treasury is absolutely gorgeous, and that was such an honor for me to be there. Um, but uh, there is a change of administration, obviously, January of 21, and Janet Yellen came in to replace my old boss, Secretary Mnuchin, and immediately she locked down any requests coming from Republicans in Congress for the Biden family's suspicious activity reports, or SARS. So SARS are, they're mandated anytime there is suspicious activity, the banks are required by law to flag those transactions and send them over to the Treasury Department for analysis and review to see if those transactions had any potential for illegal activity or financial crimes. So like massive drug deals, terrorism, terrorist groups moving money through the system, whatever it is, banks are required to flag those transactions, send them to Treasury. And then there's a whole team at Treasury that takes a look and reviews this and could turn it over for uh, prosecution if they believe that there are crimes that have been committed. So the Biden family, Joe, uh, his brother, his son Hunter, and apparently now his Joe Biden's sister-in-law is married to his brother, um, this woman named Sarah Biden. Um, they set up a shell company and they were pushing a lot of money and laundering it through the shell company, allegedly, right? So um, they, uh, the Republicans have been asking for these SARS reports from Treasury there are over 150 of them. I mean, one raises a red flag, right? <laughs> you get one SARS report headed to Treasury, and you know that things aren't great for you. Um, if you have over 150, that is definitely a pattern. Janet Yellen um, and the uh, Biden Treasury Department just dragged their feet for two years for every request for these SARS reports. And I will say, you know, at Treasury, on occasion, Congress would ask for certain SARS reports. And whether it was our Treasury Department or previous ones of both parties, Treasury would turn them over. And usually it was, you know, bad actors around the world and Congress was doing some sort of investigation. But it was a routine matter that these SARS reports get turned over. Not in the Biden Treasury. No, Janet Yellen saw to it that those SARS reports related to the Biden crime family were blocked. Well, yesterday... Janet Yellen decided, okay, now it's time to turn these uh, reports over. So she is turning them over to the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Uh, and that chairman is James Comer, who's been excellent. He announced a deal yesterday that would allow his investigators access to those SARS reports in a secure reading room. That deal comes just a couple of weeks after Comer also secured the cooperation of longtime Hunter Biden business partner, Eric Schwerin, 
which is uh, a development described as a major breakthrough in this investigation to see if Hunter Biden and I guess Joe and the brother and God knows who else, if their overseas business dealings with all kinds of controversial figures in China, Russia, Ukraine, other countries, if it amounted to illegal influence peddling, which of course it did, but we still need an investigation into this. So Comer has been superb, and he's gotten these uh, SARS reports, and we will see because he's going to be putting the pieces of the puzzle together, um, and we're going to get a report on this, and then hopefully action. We cannot have Congress just being like, oh yeah, the Biden crime family broke the law, sold Joe Biden's influence to the highest bidder, deeply corrupt areas like Ukraine, They personally benefited to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. And you know what? We're just going to let it go. (laughs) We're we're announcing it to the world that they committed these crimes and there is very deep corruption with the president and his family. But uh, there's nothing we can do because the Biden DOJ is deeply corrupt and will protect Joe Biden and his family, which, you know, honestly is the truth. You got to have a Republican president with a Republican attorney general in order to prosecute these crimes. So if it goes to Merrick Garland, it's going nowhere. But we have to have accountability here. I mean, the fact that the commander in chief is incredibly compromised by all of this is, again, infuriating, pulling my hair out. This release of the SARS from Treasury to uh, Comer on Capitol Hill also tells me that this is another move that the leftist power brokers want Joe Biden gone. They've been stonewalling these SARS reports for two years. Why now? Yes, there's a Republican House, and yes, they have subpoena power, and yes, there's more political pressure. But honestly, they could have continued to stonewall and, and you know try to buy as much time as possible. But they're not. Yellen is releasing this now. That tells me Joe Biden's got one foot on a banana peel out of the presidency, only he doesn't know it yet. Watch that all very carefully, my friends. This is why you come to the show, because I raise the curtain on stuff that very few others will tell you about, but I will. That, to me, indicates mm, they're getting ready to move on Joe Biden. Speaking of Biden and tearing our hair out, listen to this. You ready for this? We, we had a CPI, we had a consumer price index report this week that shows, you know, inflation rose last month. They're like, well, it was in line with expectations. Yeah, but it's still going up. They're saying, well, it's stabilizing. Well, maybe, but it's, going, it's still ticking up slightly. Um, it's off of its highs, but it remains very elevated. I told you on Monday, my omelet story, the $49 omelet with some bacon and sausage. I mean, food prices rose 0.4% month over month and 9.5% year over year. So just to keep your body going and to sustain life by eating, you're going broke. In the context of all of this, we do have this banking crisis now um, that may or may not spread. We're going to talk to Ed Dowd about this in the next uh, segment, and you're going to want to stay tuned for that. He's a real expert. But in the context of all of this, 
and the Silicon Valley Bank collapse. Listen to this. Senator Tom Cotton said in a tweet on Monday that the Biden team refused to commit to not bailing out Chinese companies that invested in Silicon Valley Bank with American taxpayer money. Senator Cotton said, quote, it's well known that SVB funneled American money into Chinese companies. I pressed the Biden administration today to commit not to bail out Chinese companies with money from Arkansas's taxpayers, but they refused, which tells you that's exactly what President Biden plans to do, he said. Silicon Valley Bank had supported many startup companies, including those from China. So what is this? American taxpayer money to bail out the Chinese. You may want to work a little harder, guys, because your tax dollars are going to have to go now to not not only to gain-of-function research, which is still going on, we're going to talk to Ed Dowd about that, but now to bailing out uh, your enemy, the Chinese, preparing for kinetic war with uh, Taiwan, but by extension with the United States. So keep working a little bit harder, guys, because the Biden administration needs more of your money to fund our enemies. It's so outrageous. I, I just, again, finding words for all of this, sometimes a little difficult because I want to literally scream, but I will not do that to you. When we come back, like I said, a an extensive... When we come back, as I said, we're going to talk to Ed Dowd, not just about what is happening in the banking and financial sector, but also we're going to talk about where we are on the mRNA shots. He wrote a book called Cause Unknown about uh, the mRNA shots and sudden deaths around the world. So we're going to talk to him about where we are on the data and uh, the situation with that. First, though, guys, I want to welcome back our fantastic sponsor, Nutrafol. Ladies, we all want to look and feel our best, right? And our hair is such an important part of that. I know it is for me, and I know it is for you. But did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, please know that you are not alone, and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver real results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is a simple addition to your daily routine. Just four pills a day, and you'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, and faster growing hair in just three to six months. As Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and better skin and nails. And when you subscribe, you'll receive automatic monthly deliveries so you never miss a dose. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $15 off your very first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. 
and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol.com, promo code MONICA. We're coming right back. Well, you probably recognize my next guest because he joined us last year uh, to talk about the mRNA shots with his book called Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And I guess he could expand it now to 2023. Edward Dowd is currently a founding partner with Finance Technologies, which is a global macro alternative investment firm. He also worked on Wall Street most of his career, spanning both credit markets and equity markets, including a stint at BlackRock as a portfolio manager, where he managed about $14 billion in growth equity portfolio over the course of about 10 years. So he is back with us today. And I wanted to have Ed back with us because two main stories are running down parallel tracks. But as we always say on the show, everything is of a piece. He is a finance guy, so we're going to talk to him about the financial sector and these bank collapses. And then with Ed, we're going to talk about the mRNA vaccines and the poison, the, basically the poisoning of half the globe through these shots and where we are in terms of excess deaths and adverse reactions. So Ed, I want to welcome you back to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Great to be here, Monica. Thanks for having me on again. Well, of course, it's my pleasure. And you were the guy I wanted to turn to on both of these subjects. So let's start first with this financial crisis, which began a couple of days ago with the collapse of Silicon uh, Valley Bank. And now we're seeing some of the contagion spread. Today, we're seeing the European financial sector a little bit uh, teetering, right, because of Credit Suisse. So perhaps this is more global than we think. Can you give us, first of all, um, a, a very simple breakdown of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and how and why it failed and why this contagion looks like it's beginning to spread? All right, let me, let me before I get to uh, Silicon Valley Bank, let's do a little history lesson. In October, September of 2019, there was a repurchase overnight, uh, rep- it's called repo, uh, repurchase agreements, overnight money. At the Fed, we had a crisis, and there was a problem. There was a global slowdown coming, and then miraculously, COVID happened, and the Fed and the other global central banks were able to print unprecedented amounts of money. Politicians uh, spent unprecedented amounts of money, and we kicked the can down the road for a couple of years. It was There was a global sovereign debt crisis looming in 2019, and now it's rearing its ugly head again. And something happened at the end of uh, this year. Uh, last year in November, uh, money supply M2, year-over-year uh, year growth rate turned negative. Uh, why is that important? Uh, because this is only the fifth time this has happened since 1868. The uh, last time this happened was 1930. And every time that this has happened, there's been a financial panic. So this was uh, foreseen uh by me and others in uh, the beginning of uh, 2022, uh, you can't uh, you can't stop what's coming. It's it's the end of the fiat system as we know it, and they're going to try to introduce a new, a new system with the central bank digital currency. So I put out a 
tweet about uh, a little over a month ago saying that different asset classes were lining up and there was a setup that was about to complete. And then sure enough, uh, right on time, Silicon Valley Bank just happens to be the first headline of the crisis. And we're going to see many Silicon Valley banks over the next year or two. And that, now we have credit, credit Suisse. And the global authorities and the central banks are going to be playing whack-a-mole all the way down into some sort of bottom. So why did Silicon Valley Bank um, have its issues? Well, they're at the center of the free, easy money. Mm -hmm. uh, during the uh, the printing of the money in, in the last couple of years, a lot of that money went to uh, uh, venture capitalists who then gave their money uh, to small uh, venture startups who then banked with Silicon Valley Bank that got these great banking deals. They basically paid nothing on fees, but uh, one of the one of the ways to get that kind of deal, you had to keep all your deposits at Silicon Valley Bank. Millions and millions of dollars worth Silicon Valley Bank from these companies through their VCs. And that was a great business because the deposits were growing when the money spigot was turned on and flowing. And that money spigot turned off at the end of last year, uh, at the beginning of last year. There was a um, kind of a drying up of all this new financing. So the deposits at Silicon Valley Bank without an, an inflow of easy free money for, via the VCs, they were left with the companies that were funded and those companies weren't getting uh, follow on subsequent rounds of financing. So the deposit base started to draw down primarily because these are money losing companies and they were just drawing their balances down to pay operations that didn't make money to, to pay their expenses. Mm -hmm. So over the last 12 months, their deposits have been going down and there's been a mismatch between their deposits and their uh, assets. So this was inevitable. And uh, then uh, once it got to a problem a situation, there was a run on the bank. And this is going to kind of repeat itself all over the place. Where were the regulators on this? I mean, we all know about the woke aspect. The head of risk assessment at the Silicon Valley Bank was a self-described queer queer person of color who was deeply engaged in all of this woke social justice nonsense rather than doing her actual job. Um, but where were the bank regulators on this? Why wasn't anybody paying closer attention? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a very good question. And the senior uh, leadership of this bank uh, clearly was asleep at the wheel. They should, I mean, look, they didn't have a chief risk officer for nine months. Clearly their deposits were, uh, were going the wrong way just due to the fact there was no new injection of free, easy money. Uh, to add insult to injury, I live on the island of Maui and I found out on Friday that one of the senior leadership team members was here in November doing an ayahuasca trip with their wife to find mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently they found themselves out of a job. Mm -hmm. So this is what we got going on in the halls of our esteemed uh, establishment. People doing drugs, people uh, partying, people not, you know, looking at, you know, math. Apparently math is not a core skill set at SVB, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And I suspect we got, this is going to repeat throughout the globe. This is, this is a disaster and it's unstoppable. The Fed has no control. No one has any control. It's just going to unwind and happen. Now that doesn't mean you need, you need to panic. I mean, this is, this is just, it just is. And I've been recommending to people to, if you have under the insured um, uh, amount in the bank, keep it there. And if you have money over that, put it in what I call treasury direct. You can go to the treasury's website and buy three month T-bills directly and just roll them over until the uh, storm passes. 
What has been your reaction to the, the the Fed's response to this, the FDIC's response to this, and Treasury's response? Well, you know, I'm torn, right? I, I'm, I'm, I, I think we need to rip the Band-Aid off, but that'll cause a panic and, and end the banking system, which would accelerate some sort of Mad Max scenario. But um, I also don't like bailing out people. The good news is this time we didn't bail out the bondholders and the shareholders like we did in 08, 09. Those have been wiped out. The CEO of SVB has been fired. We bailed out the depositors. Now, it, it, politically, it, it, it feels bad because the depositors that were bailed out were Silicon Valley woke folks. But just imagine this had spread to other banks that had nothing to do with this. That's why they had to do it. But the problem is it's unstoppable. They're going to keep doing this. We're going to see crisis after crisis over the next two years, and it's going to be whack-a-mole. They'll fix it. The markets will feel okay for a little bit, and then and then it's going to happen again. And we're, this is all winding towards a new, uh, uh, a new money system or another Bretton Woods or something. I mean, it's it's we're at the end of a of a long long cycle, and unfortunately, the central banking system is inherently unstable. Mathematically, it's a uh, system that needs constant credit creation, constant flow. And that's why when I said that M2, the money supply, went negative year over year uh, is such a bad thing because, it again, the system needs constant flow because it, it's fractional banking. And in essence, it is a Ponzi. It just happens to be a multi-generational Ponzi that, you know, fails every 40 or 50 years. You know, I use that exact phrase. I was talking to a friend the other day when all this was going down and I said, so banking is basically a sophisticated Ponzi scheme. And my friend said, well, not really. And I'm like, well, it's not really criminal in the sense if we think of a Ponzi scheme, but basically it is <laughs> like it's technically a Fonzie scheme. Let me ask you on the specifics of the FDIC guarantee of up to $250,000. Now they're talking about backstopping every deposit. So if you put $10 million, $100 million and poof, gone because of reckless behavior and irresponsible policy, that is going to be backstopped. That that ten million, so above and beyond the two fifty, all the way up to whatever you had in this bank. How how is that fiscally and economically viable, Ed? Uh, so that's what they're floating currently. It hasn't. That's not been uh, agreed upon yet. Correct. Correct, but this is what right, they're well, talking about, right? So this, this is I I, I saw uh, uh, Jim Cramer squawking about that this morning and i of course mocked him uh because he's one of the folks that wanted to quarantine uh, people that didn't take the vaccine and he's a moron and now could they do it yes and would it would it, would, it, would it set a bad precedent would it be politically unfeasible yes but it's not as much of a bailout as you think because even though they would guarantee the deposits there's still assets backed against those deposits so there would be it wouldn't be an insuring of the whole amount. It's just to ensure the, uh, the, the mismatch between the assets and the liabilities. Now, having said that, uh, it's basically the end of the banking system if they have to do that. If they have to do that, the political outcry will be so big and stark. It's, just, it's not going to be tenable, in my humble opinion. 
Mm. It's just, it's, it's completely outrageous and of course will encourage more reckless behavior because if you know that the government is there, which is really taxpayer money, is there to back you up, if you're taking all kinds of risky uh, actions, then you're going to do it and it's going to be get more risk-taking, more collapses, more implosions, and the whole cycle starts all over again. Um, well, the- well, well, let me, let me, let me, let me pose, pose this to you. I think what they're going to try to pitch is this. Look, we're going to make sure that, you know, middle America, their money is good. We're going to punish the bondholders and shareholders of these regional banks that took the risk, remove them and consolidate them. And guess where they're going to consolidate them in the six, six systemically important banks, the big banks. So they're going to try to make people, it's, it's a bait and switch. They're going to say, look, we're not rewarding these people. They're all going to lose their jobs and Anybody who is speculating these companies will get wiped out. But, you know, we're going to consolidate this. It's, it's a consolidation of power. I don't think they're going to be able to do it because people, people are seeing through, through this now. Yeah. And speaking of those bigger banks, the Wells Fargo, JP Morgans, et cetera, again, too big to fail. How stable are those institutions? Uh, they're going to be stable. They're, that, they're going to, we're going to be the, – the, the, the game plan, again, I'm not in the room, but – I'm talking to hedge fund investors who see this regional banks already in trouble. So it seems to me that there will be a um, backing of the big banks and the big banks are uh, haven't been taking as much risk. They're going to be the winners in all this and they're going to take over and we're going to have, we're, you know, if this plan is executed in two to three years, we'll have like six big banks. And, and, and that's, that's, much easier, that's much easier to introduce a central bank digital currency. Right. Right, exactly. And at some point, I do want to bring you back on that because that is the point. And I made this point earlier in the show today, Ed, and we're going to take a quick break. And then I want to get with you on the mRNA vaccines on the other side. But I was making this point that just as they leveraged COVID to strip away your personal freedoms, they will leverage a financial crisis to take away your economic freedoms. And I'm about to tweet that as well, because we are far down that road. If we get a central bank digital currency and they use this crisis, which, as you say, is only going to expand in order to railroad that through, you can kiss your economic freedom goodbye. And the government, the the globalists as well, will control your entire life. They will be able to remotely shut off your car. They will be able to remotely shut down your access to cash at the bank if you exceed your carbon limit. This is a CCP-style surveillance system, social credit system, and it is coming faster than anybody thinks. Agree. Well, that was a succinct answer to my rant there about central bank digital currency. I want to have you back and do a full hour on this, um, Ed, because it's such a critical point. Most of the American people are not paying attention. All right, Ed, I'm going to ask you to please stand by. On the other side of the break, I do want to switch gears and ask you about the latest on the mRNA vaccine shots, excess deaths, cardiac events, where we are in adverse reactions to all of that. All right, but first, guys, I want to take a moment to welcome a brand new sponsor, Cardian Company. If you want control of your financial destination and decisions, but also want an experienced and knowledgeable person's guidance based on your risk tolerance and financial objectives, 
visit CardiCo.com. Cardi and Company is a family-operated and nationally recognized fixed-income investment firm with more than 50 years of experience. They're licensed in all 50 states with expertise serving both individual and institutional investors. Cardi and Company has expertise in tax-exempt bonds, Interest income on municipal bonds is generally exempt from federal taxes and also often exempt from state and local taxes. There's no ongoing annual fee for their clients, just a one-time commission fee. Cardi and Company also actively helps local governments borrow funds to improve their communities through municipal bonds, giving their investor clients primary access to these investments, generally for initial investments of $5,000 and up. Find the investment that's right for you by visiting cardico.com. That's C-A-R-T-Y-C-O, cardico.com. Cardi and Company, Inc. does not provide tax accounting or legal advice to their clients, and all investors are advised to consult with their tax accounting or legal advisors regarding any potential investment. Municipal securities may be subject to federal alternative minimum tax or the AMT. Please contact your tax advisor regarding suitability of tax-exempt investments for your portfolio. Member FINRA, SIPC. We'll be right back. We're back once again with Ed Dowd, the author of Cause Unknown. All right, Ed, let's turn our attention now to uh, the mRNA vaccine. So last year, you wrote a book called Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. We're now into 2023. What can you tell us based on the updated data about where we are with these vaccines, adverse reactions, and excess deaths? Yeah, so, you know, I wrote the book in, uh, in September of 2022. It came out in December of uh, 2022. And, you know, we still are monitoring all the data. So there's, you know, new data and new updates. And the bottom line is this, the actuary numbers, the Society of Actuaries. And again, for those who haven't read the book, uh, we monitor uh, um, group life insurance policies. Those are the elite elite of, of corporate America, Fortune 500 mid-sized companies, and they're not supposed to get, die and get sick. They're much healthier than the general U- U.S. population. That flipped in 2021 and unfortunately continues to be the case in twenty uh, at the end of 2022. I've had some uh, insight into the numbers that will be published hopefully soon in the next couple months. But uh, the whistleblower told me that the fourth quarter, uh, it started to reaccelerate again. Excess deaths are running around 23% this summer for millennials. And they're reaccelerating, uh, which is bad news. Um, and uh, disabilities uh, continue to remain uh, quite high from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. They went up a little bit last month. And when we look at the employed population, they're uh, near all-time highs. So this doesn't this trend doesn't seem to be abating, uh, which has me concerned that there may be medium to long-term effects from these vaccines. Uh, because we do know that the booster uptake is is way down, which is good news. And if you uh, are in the camp uh, and you have come to believe that my data is irrefutable, do not get any more boosters. But the bottom line is this. Cancers are accelerating. Autoimmune disease is accelerating. 
And we're going to put out a report probably in the next week or two with new data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics that only really just you know confirms that I'm 100% correct. And it's, it's called absence data and work, uh, work time data, work time lost. And basically what it's going to show is, so there's three, there's, so you have excess deaths, you have disabilities, and now you have those who are getting chronically sick, missing work that's showing up in the labor statistics. And to the point that uh, work time lost in 2022 was 11 standard deviations above trend uh, from 2002 to 2019. And when I say 11 standard deviations, a three standard deviation event is, happens 0.03% of the time. So this is a strong, strong signal that something has happened to the workforce. They've been poisoned and they're getting chronically sick and missing work. So this is, at, at, at this point, it's a mic drop. I've declared victory today and said I'm no longer debating this. Uh, we have to claim the mantle of authority and just uh, act as if we're in charge and get the word out. Because the, uh, the regulators are captured, the politicians are captured. This is about saving um, our, our own countrymen word of mouth. Well, absolutely. And this is why I wanted to have you on to talk about this as well. We'll bring you back on this and, and we'll do another deep dive into this too, because the propaganda press, as you say, is completely captured by Big Pharma. They will not report this data. They will not report that young people are dying at a much higher rate. There are collapses, cardiac events, fertility issues, all of the things that we report, you report, um, but the mainstream press simply won't. By the way, the other night I'm watching the Academy Awards and about halfway through the 95th Academy Awards brought to you by Pfizer, of course, and then throughout the entire broadcast, and this is true for a lot of TV shows that I watch, um, you've got HHS um, blaring about, uh, you know, booster. Well, your your protection against COVID uh, could be waning. Get your updated booster. So they continue to push this for profit, uh, but also in the face of all of this data in terms of adverse effects and excess deaths. And there's no, there's no focus on it because the profit uh, motive is on the other side to promote and support big pharma. Correct? Correct. And also... I do believe there was a lot of, um, of acknowledgement of those who died in the industry. And it was uh, people were pointing out it's the most they've ever seen in quite some time, if I believe that is correct. So we have this creepy dynamic of Pfizer and boosters and, and, and celebration of Hollywood at the same time they're poisoning themselves. I've never seen anything quite as ridiculous as this. Can we talk a, a second about what's causing a lot of these adverse uh, reactions and, and deaths? We talk about, and, and I've had a whole bunch of doctors on this show, from McCullough to Malone, and you've been on, that the mRNA, the spike protein, or there's something in, maybe it's the liponanoparticles, I, I'm not exactly clear, maybe you can clear it up, but there is something in the mRNA shots that is immunosuppressive. In other words, it is suppressing your body's natural immune system. The more shots you get, the more immunosuppressive response you're going to get in the body, meaning your body, it, your body's ability to fight off regular viruses, cold, colds, bacteria, cancers is being suppressed. 
by these shots. And that's why you are seeing the explosion of cancers. This is why you're seeing people who've had five shots, they're getting colds once a month and they can't shake the colds or they're getting symptomatic COVID and having to go into the hospital. So can you talk just a little bit about the cause and effect between the shots and increased illness and death? Well, you know, the the stats we're going to put out are clearly going to show that. And it's occurring mostly in, it, it, it started in 21 and it's accelerated in 2022. Uh, and so we're going to show that, you know, for, for, for a, a healthcare system that's declared the pandemic over and everything's fine now, that's, that's not the case. And what you just said about, basically it's AIDS, it's Vax AIDS. Okay, it's acquired immunization deficiency system, immune deficiency system. I forget how they say it, but oh, it's 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 vaccine acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Correct, VADS. What's called VADS? Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. So that's and so I talked to uh, Dr. Teresa Long, who's the military DoD whistleblower, on the phone, and she is schooled in. uh, bioweapon uh, training, and 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 she's learned how to detect bioweapons. And she was saying to me that if I was to design a bioweapon, it has all the clear markers, and that it's going to present itself in so many different areas, you're not going to be able to pinpoint what it is. And that's what AIDS is. It just kind of you know it can be your heart, it can be it can be cancer, it can be renal failure. It just basically wreaks havoc on your body and causes it to eventually shut down. That's what AIDS is. So in this case, um, you've got people whose immune systems are are being taken out at the knees, so they're getting all manner of problems and and issues. The delay, and and you alluded to this early on, Ed, the delay, let's say somebody got one booster, they got the first two shots, they got one booster, but this this was like a year ago, and they haven't gotten another shot, but you're saying you're seeing a delayed response with all of these issues, like a year, year and a half after their last shot. Why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but again, it, I don't want to get alarm people, but if the data continues this along this path, then we have medium to long-term issues. Mm-hmm. The good news is that I think, I think there's going to be solutions to this. I do think uh, you, there's going to be ways to neutralize the spike protein. I don't want to get all, um, fear-mongering and say you have a ticking time bomb inside you because I do believe the human body can heal itself if you take care of it. But what? But the, the key is to get the knowledge out to the people that, you, you know, you gotta, you got to start looking at this. you got to stop the boosters. And if you got the shots and you're starting to notice health issues a year later, go figure it out and, and, and at least admit we have a problem. Yeah, well, that's step one. And then, yeah. you know, hopefully there is some hope um, to neutralize the spike protein and wash it from people's systems. Hopefully we'll get to that point at some point. But pay attention to your bodies, guys. If you feel a little bit off, if you feel like it, there's a blood clot in your, your lower leg, whatever, just pay attention to your body. Nobody knows your body like you do. And whenever in doubt, please go see a doctor take care of it uh, before it can metastasize into something more serious. Um, Ed, it is great to have you here. Thank you for opining on two huge subjects, the financial crisis and the mRNA shots and where we are. 
Thank you so much for having me on, Monica, and great to be here. Thank you for what you do. Oh, well, likewise to you too. And by the way, what is your Twitter handle so people can follow you? At Dowd Edward, D-O-W-D Edward, and Getter at Edward Dowd. I mean, I'm on Twitter for now, but you never know what might happen. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific, because you're outspoken on the truth. The book is called Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. We have been speaking to the great Edward Dowd. All right, that's going to do it for us on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining me. What a show, as always. Please tell everybody you know to listen to the Monica Crowley podcast so you and everybody you know and care about doesn't miss a second of this scintillating program. We also really appreciate you guys uh, checking out our phenomenal sponsors. It's great of you, and we really are grateful. Um, All right, so on Friday, a huge show with Kelsey Grammer. We're going to have a very extensive conversation with him about his unbelievable career, his journey toward God and Jesus and faith, but also Cheers, Frasier, his new movie, Jesus Revolution. It is going to be a fantastic conversation not to be missed. All right, guys. So that's coming up here on Friday. Have a great end to your week, and I will see you right back here then. For 25 years, Stamps.com has made mailing and shipping easy. All you need is a computer and printer. Imagine mailing and shipping right from your desk, anytime. No traffic, no waiting, no hassle. Plus, Stamps.com gives you discounts up to 84%. Sign up for Stamps.com today. Use code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus postage and a digital scale. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.